Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. I'm delighted to say I'm joined in studio by our two uh, analysts from Dundalk and Drahad over the course of the season, John Flanagan and Paul Crowley. Lads, you're very welcome to the studio. How's things, Dave? Good to be Come in, in a bit closer to the mic for me there, Paul, so we can, we, we, can hear your, we can hear your lovely voice. There we go. Keep, keep coming, keep coming. You're not sick of it now. There you go. No, no, that's, there you go. Now we can hear you nice and clearly. Um... I was just asking you, John, before Paul arrived in. You you played together uh, for a couple of seasons at Dundalk, was it? Yeah, we were at Dundalk for a couple of a couple of good years under John Gill. There, with fairness, with two kind of elder statesmen, I suppose, of the team at that that that, that time. But we, we had a really good squad that year. I think the two of us were kind of be quite similar. Myself and Crowes, and we could in get stuck in, work hard, give it all for the team. And I, I don't know, him. I enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, listen, I suppose that's what works when you're going down to Dundalk or you're going. I played in Waterford as well. Like in these these local lads. You know, would be seeing lads come down from Dublin and stuff, and I always felt I might have fit in because I knew what I'd give them, which would have been similar to John, as he just said. We'd be hard working, there'd be no messing. Um, we dug in. Something John Gill was brilliant at, in fairness, when was was assembling squads. I uh, also won the first division with Dublin City under John as well. So brilliant to listen. His uh, career speaks for itself, but um, really good at assembling squads, and that was. One in 2008 that me and John played in. Mm. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, while well, you talk about getting stuck in, we were we were looking at that photograph of you and Stewie wearing when you were at Waterford. There was a photograph I was just looking at uh, at uh, Paul. I was just searching Paul Crowley's Shelburne because he knew he'd been at Shelburne and there was a photograph of him when he was at Waterford. And uh, mid-air, mind you, going in on Stewie Byrne, but he maintains he got a little bit of the ball and a little bit of Stewie's. I did, Paul. Yeah, that's what I was saying. We were laughing about it, saying <laughs> they weren't even yellow cards. The referee <laughs> used to give out to you and say, if you do that again, you'll get a yellow card for that one. Get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different, uh, different game altogether now. Um, so we're kind of here to look back on the on the season as a whole. Um, very different seasons for the two clubs, and I guess by dint of the fact that the expectation is is so high at Dundalk, generally speaking, and higher than it has been at Dun- at Drogheda for a number of seasons because of the budget and everything else, Dundalk's fifth place finish will be viewed as a bit of a disappointment, whereas Drogheda's seventh place finish will be deemed a big success. But that's the the expectation. Um, I suppose, John, you've been watching Dundalk pretty much every week. Just to give us a flavour of your your take on the season as a whole in terms of the the team and the performances, was it was it a case of inconsistency or was there a, re, a, a recurring team that you kind of saw with, with the performances? Well, I suppose there's, a, there's a couple of aspects, I suppose. Of course, you got you got to look overall. It was a disappointing season. They finished eight points worse off this year than they did last year. Just missed out on Europe, so you got to look at and analyse why. And you got to look, I suppose, initially at, at the recruitment they brought in the start and. Some of the players worked out, some didn't, but it took an awful long time for people to find their feet. Mm. And then, on top of all that, Stevie, in fairness, I don't think he 
was able to pick the, his best 11 very, very often. He had an awful lot of injuries, especially at that centre-half position. He's playing left-backs, midfielders, trying everything. And between one thing and another, I think you hit a nail and it was consistency. And that was the thing. But unfortunately, at it now, as off the field, that's, that's where all the negativity is coming from, off the field stuff. On the field, that they were kicking the ball away from Europe, so that was quite positive. Mm. And you'd, you'd hope that the young squad will, will build for next year and, and improve. But off the field, issues are going to, I suppose, raise their head there. Yeah, we might as well just get to the get to the Pat Hoban situation now and get it out of the way because that's what's been dominating the headlines for the last uh, the last couple of weeks. I suppose last ten days. Um, there was another interview this morning which came out of the, the huddle from from Friday night after the UCD game where he said that there's no go, there's no going back. He's going to be on his way. Um, I guess the first question to ask is, and a lot of people have been have been saying this. Um, if he really wanted to stay, he's got a year left in his contract. People might say, well, why wouldn't he stay then if he really wants to stay at Oriel Park? What would you say to people that that, that, that would say that? Yeah, I, I, the first way I look at that, it's, it's a real sign of Pat. I mean, he could have, if, if, and again, you've got to say what you said, there's three sides to this. There's mm. going to be the club side, Pat's side, and truth somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But he's been told by all accounts, from what he's told us, that he's not wanted, he's not going to play next year. Pat obviously wants to play. He feels there's a couple of good years left in him, so feels that he'll still go to a top club and, and do a job. Mm. Okay, so that, that I think that's of looking at it from the outside. We can't really make judgment calls on, on what, what has been said. And it, it's just past the one at the minute who's talking, he's sticking up for himself, is what he's saying. But regardless of what happens, Dundalk have probably lost the best striker in the league. Mm. That's it. And there's no going back. I, I listened to that, that huddle myself, and he's gone. Where, where, he go, where he's gone, we don't know. But Every manager in the League of Ireland will be licking the lips if they could get Pat Hogan on board. Yeah, there's rumours of Derry, there's rumours of Bohemians, and as you said there, uh, any club that got him will be delighted. But I suppose the club haven't commented publicly on this yet. Um, and I, like I said earlier on, they probably don't want to get into a back and forth about it. But I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult one. Sometimes you feel like clubs should come out and, and state their case. Do you think Dundalk should come out and say something about it or do you think they should just hold their wish and, and just let nature take its course and so far as he's going to be going in presumably the next week or so whenever the contract ends and he'll be he'll be on his bike. He did say he'll be back at Oriel next season but not with Dundalk, obviously with a different club. But do you think the club should come out and, and clarify anything or are they right to just keep their keep their powder dry? Well, I, I know that they were very critical of Pat coming out before the end of the season and, and discussing, I suppose, contracts and offers. Internally now? or public, yeah. they, didn't, they haven't said anything publicly. No, right? that, that, they, they didn't want anything coming out before the end of the season. Pat made his this known, I suppose, before yeah. the, the last game of the season. And from a club point of view, they don't have to come out and clarify everything all the time. Any, any yeah. story develops. And, and just to, just to yeah. say, they did, they did say a couple of weeks back in the statement they put out about rumours, which weren't about players necessarily, it was about the takeover. And they said, if we were to come out and answer every single yeah. rumour, we'd be here all day. So that is, that is of course, true as well. And, and we're not saying for a second that Dundalk should be coming out and saying anything, but I just wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, I, I suppose looking at it, because you're talking to fans, I mean, you could probably look different than you guys when you go to United Park or you're talking to people on, on the streets and, People in Dundalk, on the fan base, they just want to know what's going on. Mm. And not just in relation to Pat, in relation to ownership, in relation to off the... F- they just want to know what's going on. And I'm sure the club in time will release a statement that'll encompass everything. But just at the minute, it's just... A, it, and again, it's probably because it's it's Pat Hoobin. He's a club legend, top goal scorer ever. Hit his 150th goal for the club on Friday night, which yeah. is unheard of. And they feel that, I suppose, it's the, it's the left arm. It's, it's, it's Their talisman is gone and... They just want an explanation. Why you'd hope you'd hope that the club will come out and, and clarify the whole thing. What have you made of it, Paul? I know you're you're uh, you've got one foot in the draw to camp with me every week, but you're watching this from afar as well, and you're well enough first in League of Ireland uh, matters at this stage. What have what have you made of the whole thing? It's a little bit messy. 
Yeah, for me, it'd be worrying from a dark point of view. Um, John spoke about how important he is to the club. I remember how hard Stevie fought when he came in to reassure him that this is going to kick on again from the mess it was in before Stevie did come in. And it sounded like it took a lot of convincing to get him to hang around where he was probably really at his peak. Um, I still think it's worrying. Um, could it be something to do financially? Possibly. Um, is there going to be a rejig in the club? As John says, this is what people want to know. They weren't going to come out till the season was over anyway and, and comment on either issue, Pahuban or the direction of the club. But um, it's worrying enough though because there's no way Stevie doesn't want Pahuban at that club next year. I would say 100% if, if that was me. What manager wouldn't? Mm. You know, when things aren't great at the minute, but as John says, kick it away from Europe. It's a lot of negativity around the club and then for those people that are doubting him and doubting things around the club when when you just miss out in Europe then it's just there's more daggers come in then and and all the little small things around the edges then seem to become big things mm. around the club then and it's hard to keep that balance and and to keep them people away from the door but listen it's it's part of the territory as a manager and and the the, the conversation and the the press the press conference or not so much press conference but the little huddle that he did uh, last week Stephen O'Donnell where he tore into the local media basically for being negative and Brian Garton was there and Gavin McLaughlin was there and it all sounded fairly heated and there was a lot of negativity was the word that was used repeatedly and he went back to the time he was there as a player which there's no comparison because when he was there as a player and they were winning leagues everything was rosy in the garden so even if there was chaos in the background no one really cared because everything on the pitch was all hunky-dory so I didn't know didn't think that was a great kind of comparison to draw between you know when things were really good and, and the way things are now where it's a little bit chaotic but did you feel he had a case uh, John because it it felt to me listening to him and even in his pre-match interview with Adrian which carried on then into the post-match stuff it felt like and we've had Stephen O'Donnell on the show and he's always been brilliant with his time and he's always a very thoughtful speaker it felt like that was bubbling under the surface with him for a little while and that he just wanted to get it all off his chest that particular night and and by God did he yeah he came out and I always there beside Adrian for the for the pre match and he came out and he, he really had he had a vent is what as we described. He got everything off his chest and I think he, he felt that a lot of people were directing the negativity towards the team and towards him and, and his coaching and, and on the field activities and that's not the case. Yeah, people are probably disappointed because as you've mentioned yourself, the expectation in the dock is you're challenging for titles and you're winning leagues, but you're going back forward. Myself and Crowes were there when it wasn't the case. Yeah. We, we weren't gone a couple of years and it was a bucket collection to keep the club alive. They went through a phenomenal period under Stephen while Stephen O'Donnell was playing and they were winning everything so no, no one really noticed what was going on in the background or cared to be honest once success was there but once that success starts fading people start asking why and it was as if Stephen felt that the press the supporters he had a go at us in commentary as well that we're all having to go at him and, and, and his team, where mm. it wasn't, that's never been the case because they're a good football inside. They just came up short. It's the surrounding, it's, it's the whole thing. And yeah. I think, as you mentioned, it, it, it's a lot to do with expectations. Like, you think Drogheda, who finished two places below them, but the buzz around Drogheda United at the minute is phenomenal. There's new investors coming in, there's talk of training facilities and new, new stadiums been built and going full time. And it's all positive, positive, positive. Bohemians finish level points with Drogheda. Oh, yeah. Sorry, with Dundalk. Yeah. Have a cup final to look forward to next. They're building new stands. There's plans coming out. Mm. It's, it's the background. They're involved in every social media thing going. There's always something coming positive. Yeah. Okay, whereas Dundalk are relying on the team to 
to be that source of hope where yeah. we, we want it outside as well. Yeah, and I like, suppose, again, maybe it comes down to the supporters feel like they haven't been getting communicated with properly around this. And the other thing about it as well is the manager is the public face of the club. So a lot of the time the stuff will come to him or he'll be getting asked questions about things that he have not, he's nothing to do with and no power over. So I can understand uh, why he was frustrated. But um, yeah, look, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see, see where it'll go. We know Pat Huben's on his way out. As you said, Paul, the suggestion is that maybe they'll have to restructure their budget a little bit and maybe freeing up some money uh, with Pat Huben's wages off the bill might, might sort that out a little bit as well. But look, we'll just have to wait and see uh, what happens there. But in terms of the... The playing uh, staff that were there this this year. I know we talked about Archie Davies before. I think he'd probably be your your player of the season. There like there were there were plenty of positives as well. We should stress that. Yeah, in fact, as you said, the recruitment at the start. A lot of these fellas come over, and Stephen will say it himself, they were unproven in in probably senior football playing regularly. An awful lot of players, and Archie Davies is one. He's he's been a shining light. I think he's top assist in the league. He's probably the Dundalk's hands down I think he had to get a new wardrobe with all his player of the month awards he got I think he won them all he's been phenomenal Uli Koku come over done well was probably only finding his feet and got injured had to go back over but the, we got to look at the other side myself and Krause saying it again at the start recruitment is especially in the League of Ireland where budgets aren't massive and you can't afford to be wasting money mm. you've nearly got to be hitting hitting your target every time and there was a few this year who didn't didn't live up to their mark and maybe the, the club have to look at themselves but I think as you, as you Rightly so, you mentioned Stephen is the face, and unfortunately, that comes with the territory. That you're, you're there, and you're there to, to take the flak. The owners are in the background, whether they're even at the games or not. You're it's, the one who is. It's Dundalk, isn't it? Stephen O'Donnell came back, like yeah. you know, and maybe people did think that things were going to happen quicker than they did as well. Mm. Um, they want to see more. It's very hard when you've seen so many successful years under Stephen Kenny's reign. Finney stepped in then as well, success straight away. So they used to success up there. So has to be closer though doesn't it like Europe had to be hit this year you know it's as I said in the last 10 years the history is there like I mean it, it needed to be got this year it wasn't got and and just a, as John spoke there and alluded to like with the negativity around the club for them doubters then like you know it was everything they wanted then for Dundalk just to miss out and mm. it just brings that cloud wraps that cloud again but I still think to be honest I don't mean B license with or my A license with Stevie and um, him leaving Pat's that time I suppose turned some heads but it felt right I think I remember speaking to him once on it but um, I still think he's the man for the job I really do I, I, I think outside I think who else or you know I still think he has Dundalk in his blood and I still mm. think he'll get it right Yeah. Um, he's but, an excellent coach I mean you can't take away from the fact oh, that yeah. he is an excellent coach and as I, you said he he has done dog through and through, and he left a very, very lucrative, successful job in Pats where yeah, he was absolutely. building something, mm. and he and gave it all up. The other thing that this struck me, we'll take a quick commercial break in a second, but the thing that struck me most actually listening to that um, 12, 15 minute conversation he had with the with the journalists after the game a couple of weeks back was the passion that was there. Like, he, he absolutely went out to bat for the club there in a big way, and the passion that's there for the club and how much he loves the club, like... That was the one thing that I, in, in the midst of all of that and everything, that all the words that were flying back and forth between himself and all the journalists, the one thing that I thought to myself was like, my God, this man really, really does love Dundalk and he, he was he was going to go out. And to be honest, um, you know, if he's your manager, okay, you mightn't have agreed with everything he said in that particular conversation, but 
it would have been great great to hear that in terms of the, the defense and the and the, the passion that he put up there and i'm sure there were a lot of people listening to it who thought yeah do you know actually or reading the, the copy do you know actually he probably has a point there but it was definitely coming across loud and clear as you said paul that like the, the, the passion that's there and the love he has for the club we're going to take a very quick commercial break we'll be chatting more league of ireland with the lads when we come back. ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue nile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Back. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. I'm joined in studio by John Flanagan and Paul Crowley, who have been uh, alongside myself and Adrian Taff all season for the League of Ireland matches. So if you have any questions for the lads or anything you want to ask them, do let us know. 086-1800-658 and we'll uh, try and get back to you if there's anything you want to raise with the two lads. So we were chatting about Dundalk. Paul, for Drogheda, um, we talked about Dundalk. They're eight points fewer than last season. Six more goals conceded, uh, or six more goals scored, rather. 14 more conceded, though. For Drogheda, three points more than last season. Six goals more scored, few four, fewer four fewer conceded even so they're trending in the right direction in that regard but just to look at a few the I suppose the notable results for, for Drada this season were that was that away win at Shamrock Rovers where Dale Rooney got what might be goal of the season we'll wait and see and then they uh, also beat St. Pat's a few weeks ago which was basically the game that saw them safe over in Richmond Park all four loud derbies uh, ended in defeat for them so that's one thing that Dundalk will have over Drada and uh, Drada I know Kevin was a little bit disappointed they didn't write that wrong over the course of the season but in general terms um we talked about the the negativity, quote unquote, around on Dock. It's it's all been pretty positive for Drogheda this season. They never really got sucked into that relegation battle. Kevin mentioned on Friday how he would have he would have taken second from bottom if he'd offered it to him at the start of the season. Um, does that suggest that that squad of players overachieved? Then, if that's what he was he was expecting to happen at the beginning of the year, absolutely, yeah. Um, I suppose there's been progression in the last. I suppose we've been doing the first division games there when, when Tim was there. So if you strip it right back and go back to then. The club has been moving forward every year from not getting out of the first division to winning the first division and then it's been stepping stones all the way. So that listen, that's all credit to the people behind the scenes, firstly. Um there's a big talk of investment now. Well um there'll probably be an announcement on it this week, which is exactly the position they're in now, which what they need. Mm. Um overachieving, yeah, of course, because we've spoke to them many a time at the games, before the games, you speak to them after the games and they're punching above their weight, but talking off air to John here as well, and you know, the first thing John mentioned was 
how well they play as well. Like, I mean, we were in teams we were talking about off air where we would compete with bigger teams years ago and stuff. But you had you had more hard workers and grafters and stuff. These are going and playing against these teams. Yeah, they're sitting back and hitting teams on the break, but they're able to play. Mm. Some of the goals they've got been will be up there for goal of the season, if not goal of the season this year. So. I mean, it's not just the team that are out there and they have 11 hard workers. By all means, they do work hard and that's what has them where they are. But they have quality in the right areas. You look up the left side of that pitch, you can have Conor Kane and Evan Weir. Mm. There's not a lot. There is str- stronger in the league at maybe up the top end of it, but there's not much. Um, the consistency of Conor Keeley, Andrew Wogan since he came in the goal. Freddie Draper's Lincoln sign and people say, you know, if you lose them, is it worth having them? Because it is. Mm. He has... He has them in the position they're in. Yeah, eight goals this season, yeah. Yeah, and you always felt, and we watched him a lot, and we always felt he deserves to get goals, and we felt once he got one, would he chip in? And he did chip in. They lose him. Is he able to replace him? Not like for like, but he's able to get somebody in. Mm. He gets Conor Kane on a, as a loan signing. Like, brilliant recruitment. We're talking about with John again about recruitment. Mm. You know, you're going to be judged on your recruitment. The rec- recruitment up there has been sensational. And again, it's a string shoe of a budget mm. and John was talking about Archie Davies being player of the year from Dock who would you have as, as your uh, draw to player of the year would you say it's tough isn't it mm. um, Conor Keeley's been excellent so consistent I, I spoke about him many a time he's a big centre half you'd think he'd get done down the sides but as I alluded to plenty of times in games so brave as a centre half covering across his full backs I think it's the best part of his game he he comes across all the time. He's not afraid to leave them central areas. Um, Ryan Brennan's been outstanding. Picked up an injury there towards the end of the season. He's been brilliant as well. Um, Darren Markey, excellent again, mm. consistent. I think he's a few. Adding, I always say a few goals away from being a really really top player. We talked about it in games where I, you're always laughing at me saying be braver in areas. And if he was, yeah. I think. You won't hold on to him. I think you just about held on to him. You put me in the spot with Player of the Year. There's been there's been mm. plenty of them. Dale well, Rooney's few, yeah. goals this year have been outstanding. Like you know, um, so I think maybe Andrew Wogan there is young Player of the Year. He'll snap that up, won't he? He'll take that. He's been outstanding. Not 18 until December as well. 17 still. Yeah, yeah, and and listen, he's been a man mountain for them in goal at such a young age. It was a big problem for them earlier in the season. Yeah. The back four were losing confidence in the goalkeeper, you know, and it was starting to affect the team as it does. He's been outstanding, but um, possibly Conor Keeley or Ryan Brennan this mm. year for me. Ryan Brennan has matured really, really well into a player. He's he's helping them young lads. And then listen, Gary Deegan as well, 36. Yeah. Can't go without a mention. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Watch him in the warm up. You know, if you, I like watching players, how they warm up, how they apply themselves. You can hear him in the little games. He's such a helper he's like a mini manager on that pitch to them players and they'd be lost without him as well will he go again I'm sure he will um, will they get 30 odd games out I thought they might in the this year they did again I think he, I think I don't, can't remember I don't have him in front of me but he hardly he hardly no. missed the game no hardly does yeah, it's no. incredible for, for a lot of his age yeah he's definitely someone you want in the trenches with you oh, and again so he's another one like I said to you earlier on with Drogheda in general like Diego's a warrior yeah oh, he could true could true but He's quality on the ball. Yeah. And they all are. And that, that, Drada don't get the credit for the football they play. And yeah. that has to come down to Kev giving them confidence. And, and there's no fear factor. Yeah. They get on it. Like if you said Keeley covers up that because he gives the boys license to get up the field. Mm. Yeah. Like it, they're, they're great to watch. And mm. the place is hopping. The balance is great, isn't it? Yeah. On the left and on the right. They're strong. They're really good in the middle. 
you know, they've a really strong centre half. The goalkeeper came up trumps this year. When Robinson came up top, I, t- I think he gave them a different dimension because he could run in behind and he was a nine centre halves a bit. So, again, recruitment was, was really good. Like, as you say about Deegan, you know, a warrior in the trenches, that sort of player is what we had in them teams years ago that would yeah. fight with the top teams. But weren't as good on the ball as John said. I wasn't as good as on the ball as him, but I'd fight with people. And, that, you know, you got away with it back then a little bit more, if I'm being honest. But that's you still need that sort of player in the team, especially that, that with a lot of young lads, leader. don't you? He's a leader, and you can see him even in games, and just barking orders and directing. It could be a little... Dave, just two steps to your left, stand in front of yeah. Little things block that passing channel. Those little things that go unnoticed in games... Are massive, and that's what he brings to it. Yeah, and it, it, there's a sense of calmness about him as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. One of these lads, he goes up, smash him and attack it, and he just keep the ball, knock a five yards, ten yeah, yards, just yeah. keep it. Yeah, given the likes of Daryl Markey. Yeah, the same stuff. stuff. And even the other night there, I think I said to Dave during the game, I said, "Look up, I'm still covering and cutting off them balls and dropping in between centre halves, and as you say, cutting out them little balls in between. Like that's not a player that's that's at an end. No, you no. know, it's definitely not a player that's at an end. No. I'd know a player that's at an end because I was in that position <laughs> and I know how to cheat. He's not someone who relies on speed or getting around the place. No. It's upstairs, he's five yards ahead. Yeah. And physique-wise, I mean, he's, he's lean, he's fit as a fiddle, never yeah. picks up injuries. Mm. So you can see him definitely going again. Yeah, yeah. remarkable player, Gary. We just uh, have to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with a little more chat from the lads after that. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. David Sheen with you until five o'clock. John Flanagan and Paul Crowley are still in studio talking all things League of Ireland. And John, we were talking about Pat Hoobin's departure earlier on. Uh, wherever he ends up, I suppose we'll find out in due course. 14 goals this season for the club, 150 overall, which is incredible. But that's a big hole to fill. And I saw someone the other day talking about this. There's no Glenn Crows or lads like this around the league. There aren't too many lads like that around to score goals. So to try and replace Pat Hoobin we talked about Freddie Draper coming in alone before there for, with Drogheda and how well he did but you know you're looking at the goals from this season for Dundalk Daniel Kelly has 8 John Martin has 6 Ryan Tullock who's gone of course at 5 Daryl Horgan has 4 since he's come back in but then you're down into 3-2-1 and one from a few different players around the squad but that 14 goal uh, hole that's going to need to be filled next season for Dundalk those kind of strikers don't grow on trees is that the presumably that's going to be the, the top priority for Stephen O'Donnell in the off-season to try and get somebody in that's going to contribute on the goals front. Well, it's definitely high, high on his list. I mean, Pat Hume, and it's not just the goals he brings. It's his general play, his link-up play. When the ball's played into Pat Hume, you know your midfielders can make that run in behind because he's going to hold it up. He's going to bring lads into the game. And I'm sure every manager, if you arrive up to Oriel Park and he's not on the team sheet, you're delighted. Because he... He makes everybody else around him play better. He he's a talisman. He's the club captain. He he is. He, he's he's been the best striker in the league for the last ten years. And where do you replace that? Well, looking around, you, you don't replace that from within the league at the minute, because there's no one of his ilk. Or I I don't know. You're gonna to have to do pull a rabbit out of the hat. Maybe find some. I mean, Pat came from Merview initially. He came from Lon- like it was, was it Connacht Senior League or whatever it was. Mm. You're going to have to find something special to replace him. And yeah. as you say, John, like you lose more than Pat Hoobin, don't yeah. you? And, and so you don't replace him. You know, yeah. y- you may try and replace the goals, but when you lose your club captain and, and that presence around the club, and when you're in that tunnel and he's at the top of the, yeah. you know, as a player, you're looking at him at the top, leading you out. You know, you're going, Pat's in today, I'm sure. Like, you know, we're all right today. So you lose so much, like, you know. Yeah, and I was, when you watch it, even at the minute, you're looking at the likes of, say, Gary Neville and all, they're doing the road shows and talking about having Roy Keane as their captain. And you go, we felt safe. He was going to mind us. Like, you look at any scuffle, that never happened up in Oriel. 
Pat Hill was the first one in, mm. throwing lads away, and getting in the way, and minding his players. And he he was more than his goals, as Paul said. And that's you're going to have to get more than one or two players to, to replace the overall, I suppose we call it the Hooban effect. Yeah, mm. yeah. And in terms of where Dundalk go now for the next couple of seasons, like okay, we don't know what the situation is with the owners. There's a lot of talk of unrest and and whatnot in the background, but we can't really speculate too much on that at the minute. We don't really know exactly what's going on, but. It feels like there's maybe, I mean, there was whispers of, you know, part-time or some sort of a hybrid model coming into play next season. But is there, it feels like there might be a little bit of a period of adjustment coming up for Dundalk um, in the next couple of seasons. Is is it important that the supporters uh, and the media maybe as well stay patient uh, with, with them? And, and because they've had such success over the last few years. I mean, we were up in the Aviva year in, year out there at the cup final. Um, it seemed like every year they were there themselves in Cork or whoever it might have been. But... It just feels like maybe there's a little bit of a, of a of a recalibration coming at the club, and possibly people just need to be a little bit uh, realistic about what what the expectations are going to be. Again, we don't know that for certain, but it's just it's it's been speculated upon that there there might be uh, less money and a smaller budget available next season. Yeah, but I, I think when you step back from it, they had this huge success. Things was they, they probably went, went chasing things a little bit too much and spent a little bit too much of that money that they had, but. You have to agree with Paul. So I think Steve O'Donnell is still the man to bring them forward. He is a, he he will assemble the squad, but from a club perspective, they maybe have to go. Do you know what? We're not going to go hand hand them out for for a year or two. We're going to have a, maybe a medium term plan of this is where we want to get it. We're going to allow Stephen time. So first of all, his job is not not on the on the threat or on the jeopardy. Give him the space he needs to assemble a squad, and and one that's going to maybe grow with him and get his style of football across. But but if the supporters are told, well, you know what? Don't expect us to do that for a couple of years. We're building, we're building, we're building. This is what the club are doing. Then they can give them that little bit of space. That you know what? We'll support you, but they know where they're going. Whereas the supporters are coming out, maybe going, we want to challenge this year. We want to challenge. Mm. But realistically, they're not. That's but what, a, that's a, what a, frustration. A, a club in. though, should, a club surely could never come out and say, "We're rebuilding here. Don't expect anything for the next couple of years." Like that, I can't imagine that. Well, would you're ever not going to say those words, but I mean, you, you <laughs> yeah. look. User, user in, in Drogheda week in week out. Those fans didn't expect Drogheda to win the league this year mm. or to, to get Europe, but they were there. And in fairness, it was sold out week on week mm. out, and very passionate support who supported everything the club were doing because they can see there's a progression, and we kind of this is where we want to get to. Mm. I think if, if the fans feel that, well then they can buy into it. I suppose if the dog fans would turn around to you and say, "Well, what have Drogheda ever won? We've a, a huge." You know, history of winning leagues and cups and everything else. Yeah, they might, they might say that. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's history. I mean, it changes, doesn't it? I mean, you can't stay on top. Like, you, you, you have your stages of good times and bad times. But the club will never come out, as you say, Dave, and say we're not going to challenge this year at them. But they can put restrictions on the club as regards, as you say, part time, a reduced wage bill, and then you know that's restrictions on the squad then that's mm. nearly saying so what are your expectations mm. if they come out if they can't back him now this year how can they expect any more than what came this year with what he had so if they start putting restrictions on the club I don't know what it is you know as you said part time reduced wage bill I mean well there's restrictions to stop you going any further than you went this year which will be very hard for him to deal with because he was an amazing professional himself yeah. he'd want he's things done right yeah he's a winner like he'll want things done right and he'll know he'll know what it's going to take to get there so mm. it's going to be very hard if there's restrictions put on and they are going down a different model or 
But listen, the fans will tell you they want to win trophies, but then the fans will also tell you that they just want to see a hard-working team and, and playing for the jersey. It's very hard to win with supporters yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and, and again, to be clear, we're not suggesting that there's any definite change happening in terms of the uh, the financial side of things at, at Oriel Park, but that's just uh, some of the stories that have been flying around. But as the club themselves said, there were that many stories flying around if they were to come out and answer every one of them, and some of them are absolutely completely untrue, so who knows what will happen. Well, look, time will tell. Story, I think the big one is, Paul said, but, but they're already down. European money yeah. I mean that's a huge amount well, even if they got five or six hundred that's like winning the league six years in the bounce yeah. in terms of prize money that's, that's not in the kitty for next year mm. so there will have to be some kind of restructuring and Stephen has to be given space and time to get on the field matters right mm. that, that's his That's his baby that's what he's, he's responsible for and build a squad yeah. like, like Kev has done and Kev's never under pressure and he's assembled a quality squad there let Stephen give him his, give him his time to do that because he is a class coach he is a winner and, he, and as Paul alluded to earlier on, he has done dark in his heart. And that, that, you can't ask anymore. If you have a top coach who's the club's best interest at heart, let him go and do the job. Yeah. It sounds like everyone needs that breathing space, doesn't yeah. it? As you say, just a, a step back to, to go a step forward again. Like it, it's too much negativity around the place at the minute, you know, on the pitch, off the pitch. And, and that comes with obviously losing out in Europe then as well. But as John says, you know, there can't be the same money there if you lose out in Europe, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and that's the disappointing thing from everyone, I'm sure, in Dundalk, including Stevie himself. He knows he's going to sit with the board, I'm sure, and they're going to say, listen, we didn't get Europe. We mm-hmm. don't have that now this year. So what's an in-between that he's happy to work with and, and that he can build? Because if he if he can't work with it, it's a problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll take one more quick commercial break and we'll be back with the lads after that. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport Flano and Paul Crowley are still with me in the studio and will be for the next uh, what 15 minutes or so. This hour is going quite very quickly indeed, lads. Uh, but thanks so much for coming in once again. Paul, um, we were talking there about, you know, Dundalk's prospects for next year and Pat Hoobin going and how that might work out in terms of replacing him and possibly replacing more than just him. There's, there's talk of um, Daniel Kelly going as well, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens for that one. But in terms of Drogheda now, because... That money that's coming in, and again, it's it's. I think they said initially that the the money that's coming in from Travella will be, you know, to resurface the car park and to do up seats and the, to to uh, clean the toilets up a small bit and put in some money like that into the infrastructure. Uh, John's laughing at that one, but that's where they're talking about like putting It'll the money. And a few up, to clean the toilets. Yeah, up a lot of it. a lot of clubs are looking to do the same thing in terms of improve their facilities. But I suppose Drogheda, in terms of the management, Kevin and Tim Clancy before him. For the last number of years, there hasn't been any pressure on because they were just expected to try and keep their head above water in the Premier Division. And, you know, that was job done and it was done again this year and comfortably so as well. But if, and again, Travella's model doesn't seem to be to throw a load of money at it straight away. They're talking about a transition to full-time football in, in a, over a couple of years, which I think is probably a good thing as well. It's it's a little more prudent, a little more sensible. But do Drogheda now need to start looking up a little bit in terms of their position on the table and trying to push on a bit? Because, as we said off-air, Galway United are coming up with a fair bit of financial backing from the Comer Group. Uh, Waterford or Cork will be still in there next year. There's no UCD, so there's no nailed-on guaranteed team that's going to go down. It's going to be a lot, a lot more difficult next year. So, do, do Drogheda now need to start thinking to themselves, right, we need to start pushing on here? Because that kind of pulling a rabbit out of a hat every year that they've done for the last couple of seasons in terms of bringing in players replacing the likes of Jimmy Brown Connor Kane we know came back but the likes of David Ademosi went Daniel O'Reilly went um, you could list 10 different players who have come and gone over the last few years but they've managed to keep it going but do they now need to start thinking right we need to start look, start looking at 5th, 6th 4th, 5th, 6th sort of place and, and push this thing on now Yeah I suppose Connor how he alluded to um, the investment there how, how strongly it was needed but 
when you talk about just doing the small things, I think I like the sound of that getting the place in a bit more shape than it has been in the last, I don't know, 10 or 15, 20 years probably. So, I mean, pumping money into it straight away and trying to do a transition to full-time football wouldn't be practical and wouldn't work. Um, they'd probably look at the year after next to do that. And I think that gives you a chance to build. There will be expectation on them this year. Fans will want a little bit more. People around the club will want a little bit more. The investors investing in the place will want to build the club into... Listen, there's no way they're coming in front and else if they're investing a long time. They want to build it into a title-winning team. That's going to be their goal, isn't mm. it? I'm sure they've said that to the clubs and the supporters. It's not going to be in the next three years, four years, but if if they hang around and... It sounds like, listen, you can't be guaranteed, but when investment came into clubs for years, we've seen it and we've seen it in Drogheda before, we've seen it in Shelbourne, we've seen it in Shamrock Rovers. The worst thing that happened to these clubs was was given, you know, a money pit at the start and then players they're getting two and three year big contracts and we've seen all the clubs left in serious trouble. Mm. When when these guys sometimes realise that the, there's no investment, this is, is the wrong thing they've done, they're not making any money over because let's be honest, they're investors, they're not putting money in just to throw it away they step away players are stuck on three year contracts so it can be dangerous for a lot of money to be thrown at things very early mm. so I like the sound of doing the place up we're, we're laughing joking about the toilets and stuff but it, it needs to be done the box we're sitting in doing commentary I mean <laughs> it speaks for itself we're all laughing here I'll say no more um, so yeah all them things have to be done first clean the place up get it right get you know that's the priority it. if Travella are listening get the, get the Gandhi get, sort of out get the Gandhi sort of out and four cappuccinos put a mattress <laughs> underneath the trap door yeah <laughs> but that's the thing and I suppose that's the that's what, what Drada need to do now they've been in that kind of holding pattern John for a number of years where staying in the Premier Division was the number one objective at the beginning of the season so they probably need to start we talked about Dundalk maybe having to recalibrate in a different direction Drada now probably need to start thinking right we need to we need to start moving things on a little bit here and try and be a little bit more ambitious as Paul said there do it sensibly but that's probably the next step for them now to start moving up the table a little bit. Yeah, and there's, there's absolutely no... I think the first thing people have to be aware of is when you're talking about clubs like Drogheda being part-time, this is not club training on a Tuesday and Thursday and playing on a Friday. I mean, people have this impression that it's just like a local lens of scene. They're probably still training four, to four or five times a week with gym programmes, with physios. So it's not that from... It's just basically you're not working. So your rest periods are yeah. longer. So that, that's, that's the first thing. But yeah... As Paul alluded to there, investors are coming in and there's only two ways you make money in the League of Ireland and that's getting a good run in Europe or selling young players to, to Europe or England when they hit 18. Mm. There's no other way. I mean, it's only 100 grand or so to win the league. So, I mean, that's that's peanuts when you consider the amount of money that's going to be pumped into a club over to run it for the course of a year and you're bringing all academy teams and girls teams and everything that goes into to running the club. But, yeah. draw the, yeah, they, but if they do it sensibly go step by step like spend a few bob on the ground and then they have to catch 22 how much do you spend on the ground if you're going to be looking at building something somewhere else in two or three years time but you got to make it as appealing as possible so the place is full every week so there's money coming in and improving facilities like toilets like the, the actual experience that's there building building links in the community and in fairness to draw they're great at that every time I've been up at a game this year there's four or five kids teams playing at half time there's mm. primary schools been invited up those are little things to, to build them into the community to get money coming in and then do it step by step and there's no reason why they can't push up the league I mean if you reverse those couple of Dundalk drop the games this year when there's only a kick of a ball with 2-3 two, and 2 the teams flip so there's not a whole lot between them at the mm. minute but draw that are on the right trajectory so if they can improve another 6 or 7 points this year yeah 
they're up to the table mm. and things are still positive and then you can you can build on it bit by bit mm. and talking about facilities the uh the plastic pitch and Oriel is something that comes up on a regular basis I know you're you know a huge fan of it up more <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally would you like to see that again and I know it's something Stephen O'Donnell has talked about before as well again with the way things are are at the moment it's it's not altogether clear if that will be uh, replaced in the near future possibly not but is that something that that you would you would you feel strongly about that or do you, would you think look it's fine it is what it is what that's just the way things are at the moment I think it is what it is I mean, myself and Paul would have played on it up there but it seems that it, it's past its sell-by date now at this stage. The, the surface is down. And that, mm. that's, that's the issue. When they're in first and they're well-maintained, they're decent surface, you can play away. But it's, it's gone. And you get unnatural bounces and you get things like that. But it was brought in initially as a revenue stream. Yeah. But the place has been rented out most nights of the weekend and during the day for schools and things mm. like that. But now the dock have so many teams, underage teams and ladies' teams and this and that, they, they can't accommodate anybody else yeah. coming in to rent it. So they're not making any money from it. So I think they've got to look at a training facility maybe where they can build an all-weather pitch outside. I know they're looking for land around around the town or whatever. I know the Dallas Alden Dock where we're looking to go into junction with them so anyone listening <laughs> and ask there and ask we've a bit of ground in the school. But they need something outside where they can train and play their own and then get a good grass pitch in because you can't beat a grass pitch especially yeah. if you're trying to play good football which, which Stephen O'Donnell tries to do. And just, just very finally in terms of the season as a whole I think... Um, we all expected Derry City to, to push Shamrock Rovers a lot closer. I mean, it wasn't a vintage season by any means. A lot of teams were taking points off each other and, uh, you know, Shamrock Rovers' points total, I think, is a little bit lower than it was last season. But are you expecting a lot of... We talk about upheaval, and I don't know if anyone saw Dan McDonald's piece in The Independent yesterday. There was an awful lot of upheaval and uh, unrest in the background of Shamrock Rovers. But are you expecting them to be the, the team to beat again next season? I suppose there's a couple of things there, isn't there? Whether, whether Stephen's in charge, who's, who's going to be kept... They are an ageing team as well that they're going to need a bit a bit of tweaking or a, a bit of reinforcing. Derry, they did under underachieve. I think everyone expected them to, to, to run Rovers close, didn't they? They, they need a striker, I think, Derry, don't they? Yeah, I just felt... available. <laughs> yeah. I just felt Derry were missing as we talked about. You know, definitely that 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 striker, you know. We watched them up in Weavers Park there four or five weeks ago and they just didn't look like that team that were ready to, to, to take Shamrock Rovers on. I think Rory be under a little bit of pressure next year would have been his third season mm. of I mean that's that's two that's three they'll want it next year he'll yeah. have to get Bowles it next year any of the four six games like they gave everyone a head start yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and Bowes were running away with it at the beginning weren't yeah. they and then yeah and like we talk about Derry like Jamie McGonigal when he came in last year was banging in the goals for fun and he, that that sort of dried up and it just felt like like Will Patching chipped in with a lot of goals but it just felt like they needed and like all joking aside if Pat Hoobin ends up at Derry next season that could be that could be the difference between them winning the league and coming second Derry looked like they needed a focal point yeah and that, that's what Pat would give you I mean you've that much quality behind the strike across the midfield line that you're playing it into him and he's slipping people in or even just holding it up allowing Michael Duffy to get in behind him they, he would be ideal yeah I mean, I'm and not an agent at, but and you look at <laughs> yeah, sound like air <laughs> um, you look at Rovers there and you think like Manus is going Ronan Finn's going Gaffney Galway, I'd say, are yeah. sitting on his doorstep. Gannon probably, you know, the, as well, the money, the money's there as well. As you say, mm. they're going to be backed. Does he go back home? Does talk of even Huben with Galway as well? Yeah. Does he go back to Galway? So, Huben Stephen's future. Oh yeah, imagine. <laughs> I Stephen wonder Bradley's future. Maybe, uh, I mean, maybe Kevin Doherty could sneak in uh, Manny Attic by Aga style and uh, and get Pat Huben from the dock. Imagine that. Imagine the controversy we'd have then. We had it with Fabio. Imagine having it with Pat. Yeah, jeez, Fabio still doesn't live that one down. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, no, listen, there's, there's loads up in the air, isn't there, at, at a lot of clubs at the minute. But isn't, um, it, isn't it interesting, and I've, I've said this before on the show, I'm sure, five or six years ago probably, before I started kind of working on, on the station and covering games, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what division Dundalk or Drada were in. But, and ever since I've started doing the matches and getting interested in it, and you really do get dragged into it. A friend of mine came up to the game on Friday night with his kids for the first time, and I was saying, I was actually curious to know what he thought of it afterwards because he's there, he's not been there before. And I was like, you know, what did you make of the standard? What did you make of the atmosphere? Everything else. But um, it is, and we're there every Friday now, Paul. And I mean, like literally a few years ago, I wouldn't have had a notion about the League of Ireland, didn't really care about it, wasn't interested in it. But now it's like you're sitting here for an hour talking about transfers and players coming. It's incredible how it drags you in, isn't it? And I, and I kind of feel like a complete hypocrite now because anyone I'm talking to, I'm like, oh, you should, you should start watching the games. You know, it's really interesting because we all love it. We're almost out of time, but it's, it's, we're, we're already looking forward to next season. Well, I think the thing you have to, first of all, realise is, and I've had this chat with, with Adrian and Oshin Langan now. Often, there's a great product there if, if it's sold properly to people because you, you're, I mean, you're, you're mating the kids. I'm sure the kids will be mad to get back next year and mm. watch more games. That if, if we can present it right, get facilities and grounds up to scratch well then the crowds are going to keep on going Grant okay look lads we're bang out of time sorry Paul didn't let get you, get you no, in on that right. last point but uh, we'll, be, we'll be seeing you all I'll be seeing you again next season you best will. best of luck with the house I hope it all comes together for you you'll be, yeah, uh, we'll you'll still be, get, be building it when we're be, back next year anyway, don't worry about that. that listen lads thanks so much that hour flew absolutely flew by thanks for coming in LMFM Sunday Sport with thanks to the LMFM app download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go 